0: And three and two And one
1: What's up George what's going on in the house of Chris tonight In the house of Chris tonight we have a Repeat offender we have a Gentleman who's been on the show uh, Before his name is Nandor Fox And we're going to be talking about The fabled offerings with him We're also going to be talking about how much Inventory should you bring To a con So we're going to be talking about that coming up next I should talk about let's get it
0: A show for independence all around, giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the craze is the place to promote to your fans with the dream on the dean and stand the crazy man. Subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your match, listen to us on the go. Updated every week, we never miss a day. Join the squad, come on in. It's time to cast the craze. If you are an independent, cast the craze. craze. Making moves on your own, cast the on craze. On your grinding? Craze! Join the movement! Catch the craze! Yeah, George, we did it again. Come on now. now you, know you wanna do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to cast the craze podcast. I'm your host with the most and the crazy man there
1: and I am with George the dreamer my Dana. What's happening everyone? Welcome to another oh, exciting episode of oh, cast the craze. It is Tuesday, November seventh, 8pm. What up, Lupin? She's in the house. Thank All you so much guys for coming on and checking us out. We're going to be talking to another indie creator tonight and we are also going to have a get your meds segment as well Sam's going to have some news about his Indie go-go and oh, no. we're going to get to it but before we get to any of that if you haven't done so yet subscribe to the channel give us a like comment hit that Bell so that you know when we go live we usually do these on Tuesday nights so hit that Bell so you know when we are going live what's going on Sammy how you feeling brother uh, let's see. I feel,
0: I'm feeling great from the, this past weekend. Uh, the book oh, signing yeah. for the grand opening of Geek Out Collectibles in Manfield, Texas. Yeah. Okay. It was a success. Um, did really well there. Met a lot of dudsters. Um, in fact, um, some people that hey, what's up, honey? About some people uh, that actually, know. um, um, uh, picked up my books early on in, at conventions in texas throughout the the past two years i've been here have come back for the follow-up editions which is pretty dope um hey, let's get to work and uh so that hey. was so you know new new deusters um made some connections um had a convention promoter came out sort me out um specifically to get me um and that was what they they were saying it's like look my boss sent me to find you and get you to come to our convention and uh nice, so uh nice. Giving him a call this week and uh worked that out. So that was the that was the first. That was flattering. I was like, Me? I was looking around. I was like, you sure you got the right person? I was like, I was like, all right, let's do it. And uh so that's good. So um apparently, you know, doing the Texas circuit is is working and it's starting to get my name out there. So that's
1: pretty dope. Nice, bro. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, dude. Conventions galore! I feel like Texas has a lot of conventions, bro. Uh, tons there's of a lot. I can't even. A lot going up. on.
0: Yeah, there's a lot it's going on. Like, yeah, there. every time I always, I'm like, man, I wish I knew that about that one. Oh, damn, I didn't even see that one on the calendar. Yeah, bro, yeah, bro. yeah,
1: yeah. That's good stuff, tough. bro. Yeah, I've started to look into conventions for next year too. So, um, but I'm definitely going to do Wicked in uh, next year, and definitely going to do again, Baltimore. It? Yeah, definitely going to do Baltimore. That I've signed up for already. So, Timo, uh, oh, you so actually did a the table there. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, uh, I'm gonna do both. I'm gonna do, uh, yeah, those are like towards the end of the year, so I'll have more stuff yeah. ready to rock. Um, it was nice to get kind of like my feet wet at the New York Comic Con this year. You know, got, you know, I got the bug Got the Rust Out con. Yeah, so that was cool. You know what I mean? I, I got to test out some things. Oh, and you was talking about ZoloCon. Zolo Con. Yeah, think that that's a, that's in February, right? I and mean, you when when is that? That's at the beginning of the year, I think
0: yeah I, that was a good one if, one, if i was
1: in the east coast i'd do zolo account again but i'm not so yeah, uh,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah i just noticed your, your hat you look like a cholo out there look at you you're looking like um t-e-p P what is that oh maybe yep oh he said yep um i was like Ted. Like i thought he meant september or something i don't know if he was drinking but, uh, <laughs> nah, yeah, man. So, yeah, no, so, so that's, that's going to be, that's, that's, uh, I'm looking forward to that next year, bro. But, um, yeah, what else? So what else you got, uh, obviously duties, duties out there. He's out Yeah. There. So, you know, the He's Kickstarter was rounds. funded
0: and that closed off, but well, although it was funded, it didn't make its operational, um, goal, which is why I launched it in Indiegogo. And I haven't had any movement there at all. And that's, that's the reason why I didn't do Indiegogo. Um, because I've always struggled there. Um, And uh, so Indiegogo is like an Indie no-no right now. And uh, so I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, My Facebook ads have not generated any conversion. um, So I canceled those ads. Um, I tried ads on Reddit that still didn't get conversion. Um, So I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what is the disconnect and how do I drive traffic? Indiegogo seems to be an enigma to me um, and trying to figure out that puzzle. But, you know, I got still 27 days left on the campaign. So we'll see what happens. I do know that feedback from people that I've met, um, they prefer to find me at cons than go on. And like, they all have my card. They've all been to the website, but uh, they just look at to see what shows I'm going to be on in Texas. And they'll just go and It's oh I'll just get the book when I see him at that show. Yeah. Um, and every time I've tried to get somebody like to, to pledge from a show, they just buy it there. It's like, Oh no, I'll just wait. I'll see you. When, when's your next show? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. so like, I, you know, you, there's nothing you could do about that. So, um, uh, I'm still working on it, trying to figure out that puzzle. For me, it's still a matrix. Uh, the, uh, and, uh, you know, one day I'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, I think we, we talked about that a little bit this morning. I think part, part of it is is the lingo. I think most, if you're watching this show, you're probably obviously familiar with what a crowdfunding campaign is, what pledging means, what a campaign is on, on a crowdfunding campaign, what Kickstarter is, Indiegogo, all these things. But I think that outside of this world, when you go into like a convention and people are coming up to your table they don't know what those things are that's no. like foreign to them they have no idea what a campaign is what pledging to something means it, it, to them pledging means like you know pledge of allegiance or something like what am i pledging to what what, what does that mean like you know a campaign what, what are you running for office like what is a campaign what, what am i doing i'm trying to buy a comic so i think we have to kind of like, and yes I, I use the term dumb it down but it's not dumb it down we just got to use just normal language with them i think i think pre-order like pre-order my book like that website yeah pre-order. pre-order. Now? i think we've been we've been online i mean you know we've been buying online so long that that's that's easy that's easy to understand a pre uh, a pre-order is easy now yeah i think that that's something that that i'm even like you know gonna try to use because i you know I, I there are pre-orders i still do pre-orders for like books it is books that's
0: what it is you know i i, do, I, you I you got the, that's the new ad that i'm going to be posting um is this one right here um Mm -hmm. with everybody coming after duty um and with the word pre-order now right and uh so um you know i'm gonna try that angle
1: and see if that works yeah and a link and take them there yeah i think we we have to like simplify a lot of these things because people don't know i started putting instructions on my campaigns and how to order yeah i remember when i when i did mine i i you know i broke down what an add-on is like what is an add-on like all that stuff because the people that are coming to your to your page to the campaign they have no idea. The other thing is signing up. Like people hate signing up for stuff. People hate any. I'm I'm emptying out my email because Gmail is is full of Kickstarter emails that I get from them. You know I get, what I mean? I get, I get about fifteen alerts a day. Bombarded with with that, and people don't like that kind of stuff. So I think a lot of that stuff makes it very hard. But it is necessary evil, right? Because how are you going to let people know that things are out there? You got to email them. So yeah. Kickstarter tries to do that for you. Tries to help you out with that, but ironically it's kind of deterring people from you know staying on the on the on the website because it just gets too annoying yeah. they don't want to do it so but um but yeah bro i mean hey listen it's it's on indiegogo right now links in the in, in the uh in the chat it'll be in the chat and it'll I'll also be in the, be in the show notes yeah. so uh if you are if you prefer some some people prefer indiegogo over, over kickstarter so if that's the case boom it's there it's on indiegogo so go check it out right now how many days you have left Sam? Like, it's a 30-day campaign right? Yeah, december 5th december 5th right so just in yeah. time for the holidays yes um
0: christmas christmas yeah, time coming, is here time for joy and time for cheer i actually took christmas week off because thanksgiving week i'll be in sweden for my for work um and so i won't be with my family so i'll be out in the up there and uh so i was like yo Because of that, I'm taking Christmas week off. So um, I'm going to feel good about that. But uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it is what it is. But again, uh, if you're listening to this on on, uh, streaming platforms, audio streaming platforms, or if you're watching this on replay, every pledge, um, you get get to spin the wheel and win a prize. Um, And every pledge over $20, you're getting two limited edition trading cards for the Samurai series that's coming out in a year from now. And uh, so it's something for everybody. Everybody gets a chance to win something. Um, spin the wheel, and we'll do it live on Cast of Craze. And uh, and that it's it. And it's a fun all ages book. If you like to laugh, if you if you have kids, you want to introduce into comics. Uh, if you like slapstick stick comedy, you like you know Scooby Doo, The Loud House, Invader Zimba's light Lightyear. You're gonna enjoy Disneyland on My Toilet. Um, and it's pretty simple. It's just fun. Um, and then also, if you like crossword puzzles, every book has crossword puzzles and trivia and so much stuff in there. Uh, for everybody to enjoy give it a shot you know if you want to break away from all the chaos this world is throwing at us right and there's a lot of hate and craziness and ugh, right so uh, i know that it's like i look on tv for comedies that's just me because this every show is about conspiracy and death and mayhem and i'm like give me something to to laugh a little bit and uh, this guy's keep telling me about tote bags tote bags with bottles of duty juice duty juice is coming bro watch 2024 Duty Juice is coming.
1: Duty Juice. Duty Juice. People must have not wanted me to, to sing because because uh, remember last week we were saying if, if if there's a pledge if there's any pledge I was gonna sing the song in. you just said thing. There was no, there was <laughs> nobody there. <laughs> you said I, I didn't say slapstick. That's for sure. <laughs> I let you slide with that one. You're gonna let me slide with this one? I said slapstick. You said slap. Mm. Oh, I did not. Yeah, uh, yeah. Put you might as well put the George little ma. M- just came out of D block. Put the little ma. <laughs> the little ma site up there, dog. So, um, uh, but no, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So make sure you you pledge to that. Also, yes. um, just on my end, real quick. So next week, I have I've been I've been doing a, a podcast with uh, Hades. It's called yeah. Shoot the Ish, and we're gonna be talking Nicolas Cage movies. Top five Nicolas Cage movies next week. So check that out on Monday on the ASAP Imagination channel. Go to asapimagination.com. I also just aired a brand new episode of my art of uh, comic writing on my YouTube channel, Get Your Meds. So go to Get Your Meds on YouTube. Check that out with Lori Cunningham, L.A. Cunningham. We spoke about your writing space. What do you need in your writing space to stay focused? So we were talking a little about that. So check that out. Um, I have another episode coming out next week uh, with Mr. Tony James, who has a book called Star Noir that's coming out next week. Check that out. He's also on Kickstarter, so you want to check that out. And uh, yeah, man. Oh, pre-order. Talk about pre-orders. Pre-order Dead of Night, issue number two on Ace of Imagination. That's coming out. Their work and the artists are working on that book. It's coming out really nice. And Russ 5377, issue number six, comes out next week. So check that out. Don't forget to go to GetYourMeds.com to check out some of my merch and some of my stuff on there. So yeah, brother, that's that's what we got. That's what we got. Now, Sammy, you were I just want to you
0: know because you guys for me Con Air, The Rock, yeah, those are, those are good national treasure.
1: Those are some yeah. good. Uh, you, you know, uh, Wicker Man. Yeah, you know which one I, I liked a lot too was obviously Face Off. Face Off, yeah. Yeah, leaving Las Vegas is is, is it's a uh, it's different. But it that is also a good one. Yeah, Kanye Kanye has a lot of um John Malkovich is great in Kanye. Yeah. Wow, about... So you gonna ask uh, me a question? I was gonna no, I was gonna say I was gonna segue into um the, the topic for today because you were at a signing this weekend. Yes. And that went well for you, right? Yeah. You had a good time there. You spun, people spun the wheel and did all that other stuff.
0: Yeah, the wheel. But how stuff. much
1: stuff did you bring with you? And that, that is going ooh, to be the topic today.
0: <laughs> so uh, I just got to find our medicine. Let's do it. It's
1: time for your medicine. How much inventory should we bring to a con? Survey says. All right. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Lupin said the flying elvises. You know, that leaving Las Vegas. I think that's loath and fearing in Las Vegas. I think I was talking to Anibal about that earlier today. And I as soon as I hear Leaving Las Vegas, I think Elvis. And it's it's not in that movie. There, there, there is no El- there are no Elvises in that particular movie. But um but I think World of it's- War was good too. Which one? Sort of war, oh yeah, that's right. He was in that. Right, he's yeah. yo. He's done so many freaking movies. No, he's man. got
0: more movies than I got hair, bro.
1: He <laughs> oh, like a movie a week, dude. That dude's. I don't done know how he's. Movies,
0: yes, bro. he's like. But you know what? I I love watching his movies. I just he's, saw a movie where he was in a nuts, hotel man. with some killers, and I forgot <laughs> the name of the movie. It was just like so intriguing. I was just like, man, Nick, do your thing. You know, he had me.
1: Dude, he's nuts. He is. Man. He is. Uh, Wind <laughs> Talkers was a good one too. Oh right yeah he's, that was a good one he's got tons he's got tons of movies all right sam so he plays great dracula oh renfield that's the new one that he's got i haven't him. seen that one yet yeah Yeah. he's got that's the new one he plays he plays a great dracula right yeah, yeah, he, yeah. you know what it is it is his overacting he's known for that right like that's his yeah. thing yeah. his thing is like just being over the top yeah you know but um but anyway so packing sam what do you bring to conventions? How do you do it? How do you know? Easy. Easy. Don't put that ma. No, I, I didn't even do it that way. I was like, <laughs> you know what? Because
0: uh, I, I I went to the I went to the book signing, thinking that I actually tapered what I bought. Mm. But when you when I'm when I'm rolling in my wagon, I got four pieces of luggage, right. Oh, wow rolling your wagon so i didn't bring a, a banner an extra banner i usually have two banners i didn't bring the second banner and i didn't bring the um gridded risers right and i didn't bring my um book display stand the multi-tiered book display stand And so i didn't bring that stuff right the props and um i should have brought the multi-tiered stand because i didn't realize it was a six-foot table normally when I done when I've done uh, book signings with Geek Out, they've always provided me with a ten foot, I mean an eight foot table. So I get there, it's a six foot table. I'm like, oh man, I should have bought the multi-tiered dance stand, right? So um, but I had the, the the problem is I have multiple titles, multiple issues. So I have issues one through five of Disney in my toilet. I have the graphic novel, I have the graphic novel forbidden. I have the the collected edition of Crash the Crazy. So um and then I have, you know, so I have all those. Then I have my prints, which is also in. So I have four long boxes mm. because I have 25 of each. So I bring about 25 of each. For the book signing, I brought like 25 of each. Yeah. yeah. Right. And um, so 25, that's- of each, what, 25 of each book, 25 of each. Yeah. So of each issue. Each issue Except right. for number one, I always bring a little more of number ones. But I usually bring about 25 of each issue for something that's small uh, on average. But I bring about maybe tw- I-, I bring 25 of the graphic novels as well. But then, when you think about it, I also have the buttons and the pins and the keychains and the stickers and the bookmarks and the trading cards and the prints. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you, when I looked at it, I was like, "Man, I I, I came deep." You know, I had a, a lot of stuff. But I say, you look at the size of the event, and and you also look at your. I, here's what I look. I take a look at. Am I mentally prepared to go all day and just engage? And that's how I look at my my, my potential sales right you know where's my head at am i ready to get in the game and then what's going to what's going to set me off or set me backwards mentally right like that first day is important and if the first day it's a dud the event that can mess you up the whole weekend right mentally but i always look at the size so if it's like a 5000 people or-, or less i don't go more than you know 40 um copies per issue um but if it's like some a show that brings in you know 50000 plus I try to bring in about 75 of each issue and then like 150 of the first issue. Um, so it all depends on the size, especially number ones. I always bring tons of number ones because most people's like, oh, I'll try the number one. If I like it, I'll, 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 you get a website, you know, and then they'll go there. Uh, so I always try to have more of that than anything else.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously for those those who are watching who are, you know, Oldies who've been doing this for a long time, you you guys know what you gotta bring and all that other stuff. But for the newbies, maybe somebody who's never done a convention before and is wondering, okay, how many books should I bring to this? Should I print that a 500? Should I print out a thousand and bring them all? No, no. I if you're a brand new, unless you have a following, unless you are brand new to the con to the comic con scene, but you have a large following because your personality online, then yeah, maybe bring all that stuff. But if this is your first con book, never done anything like this before in your life. And you're wondering how many books should I bring to my very first book, to my very first con. I think number one, yes, Sam, look to see how many people are coming to that space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think, and if and if the the space is, you know, if it's a, a large convention. I would say maybe anywhere between 50 to 100 books, maybe. If it's a large convention, I'm talking about thousands and thousands of people, a, a Comic-Con, for example, New York Comic-Con, for example, San Diego, if you're fortunate enough to get into one of those the first time around. then yeah, bring a lot of stuff. But if it's one of your local conventions that you do in, in, in Texas or that they do here in New York or even in, in Jersey, they have a lot of those small ones in Jersey, anywhere between 25 and 50 books.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't crazy. I don't go crazy. I would look at it. I always say, like – um. If there's 5,000 people, I can expect to get about 75 to 100 of those people, right? Yeah. Sales, right? That's the way I look at it because there's a whole lot of options and I got to work for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would say 75% of the time I'm working for it. 25% yeah. people just, they just look at the banner in the art and they just come over and like, I, I, you know, I want to get this, you know, I love right. this, whatever. Um, but, um. You got to work for it because you're competing with everybody and you're, you're competing with the guy to the left of you, to the right of you, the guy in front of you, the name guys, you know, the, you know, the print artists, you know, the, you know, the booby, yeah. you know, drawings, all those things, you're, you're competing with the world. So, um, <clears throat> your hustle's going to make a difference. Um, like I told you going into this book signing, there's a number I wanted to meet. Right. I was like, if, if I do this, I'll be good. Yeah. Right. And I was just shy of it by five bucks. Right. right. I worked for it. Right. I just talked to everybody. I walked around the, the store and just started talking to people in the book aisles and the gaming tables and whatever, and then people started coming over to my table. Um, you have, you have to put into work, but um, if you have a goal in mind, like I try to do what average by day, this is what I want to do each day. Uh, and then I know what I have to put in every hour. Right. I measured the hourly performance too. So it's like, if you're going to bring the unit count. How many of that do you have to sell by day? What do you break it down by hour to make it? So if you say you want to do $500 a day, what does that look like in the eight hours that you're there? So how many units you have to sell within that first hour to make it up? Because if you don't make it that first hour, that second hour, you got to double what you did you know, that previous hour. You got to make up the loss if you want to hit your own goal. So that's how I look at it. I, I do mental math
1: yeah well that's the other thing right so if you're if you're talking about numbers that large then obviously you got to bring more books right yeah. if, if you're thinking about making 500 dollars or whatever it is then you obviously have to have the inventory to make that amount of money but I well think, i'm also an artist so i do sketch cards and then right mission covers and all that right. stuff too so that's right, how i right. offset it right so i, I think that yeah definitely i mean, definitely have goals in, in mind i think as far as like what to bring over there again, again that's that's part of it too right if you have you know dollar amounts you know goals like that in your mind then yeah bring what you think is going to make you that amount of money as a writer it's different right because you don't have the luxury of sitting there and hey you want a commission but a lot of times and and, and for those watching my my artist friends who are watching and out there daphne's out there, if you guys are still watching how often do you do commissions at the shows how often do you really have the time to uh sit down and really? do a commission. I don't know. Like do you do commissions at shows, Sam? Like how often do yeah. you do them? You do a yeah. lot of them? I do uh small shows, one
0: uh, to two. Yeah. Like I'm talking about small shows like 3,000 people or less. Um
1: biggest shows, I do about 8 a day. So okay. wait, so now does that I mean when you Obviously, are you by yourself or are you with somebody when you do oh, the commission? If my wife is with me. I can do it. So right. this is what, what I mean. So if yeah. my
0: wife is with me, then I can take on the commission that day. If she's not with me, what I say is, if they want like a cover, a sketch cover, then I'll I'll tell them come back in three hours or whatever it is or two hours whatever because I know I'm going to be interrupted because I'm the only one there to make sales. So I'll stop what I'm doing to make a sale, or I'll say, can you come back? Are you here for the whole weekend? Can you come back tomorrow? Um, You know, and so. They'll pay, um, uh, me up front, and then I'll have it for them for tomorrow. I won't start it unless I get paid first.
1: Yeah, well, see, that's what Daphne's saying, right? She stopped doing them because uh, I'm always alone at the table, and yeah. I can't sell books if I'm drawing. Exactly. Yeah. So, so even though you think you're going to make that much money because you're doing commissions, if you're by yourself, even if you're an artist, it's hard to make that money because you're by yourself. And what yeah. are you going to do? Sit down and just put your head down while you and and people are walking by. That's not the, you're not going to sell books then. You know what I mean? You're not going to sell the
0: books. So, and and then when I'm by myself, my price is higher um than when I have somebody next to me. Right. So, um and I always look at it that way too. I was like, all right, so I'll raise my rate for the cover if I'm by myself, because I know my head's down most of the time. I'm probably going to miss some eye contact. I always try to look up if I'm by myself, but I always tell them if they, if they come at 12, I said, come back at three, you know? And um, so I'll give me three hours because within that time I will be stopped and I will be making a sale or talking to somebody. So um, uh, and that's how I do it. Um, but if Desiree's with me, then then I'm good.
1: You missed a lot. You missed a lot. Mike, you missed a uh, pledge, pledge swaps. Um, so, yeah, no, that that's a that's a good point. Also, what what else to bring to convention? I think, again, for the for like a new a person who's coming in for the first time to convention, words, I think you should definitely have some kind of uh, banner some kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, tablecloth or something like that. Something that's going to say what it is that you're selling. Something that's going to be standing up behind you so that it speaks for itself. If you, you know, it's your first time and you're a little nervous or a little shy or whatever, at least the title of your book is right behind you. What you're seeing on the table is there. Um, So yeah, so bring that, bring that, bring energy, bring a lot of energy, bring a good pitch. You yeah. know, be ready. Be ready to sell. Know what you're selling. Know how to right. sell your book. You know, bring be bounce backs. Be be ready. Yeah, be ready, man. So make sure you
0: have your bounce backs. And your bounce back is whether it's a business card, a postcard, a trading card, something that's gonna have a QR code to your website or your social media handles, so that they can go and do research on you and connect with you online or whatever it is. I, I call them bounce backs. So um, what it's worked for me every time I've given out um my trading card. I've gotten them to go to my website. I've gotten them to subscribe to my channels, to follow me on social media, right? Or purchase on my website. And um, and it's I have a su- significant success rate with my bounce back cards. One, it's a great graphic. So I, do, I, I give them a hot illustration on the front of the trading card and on the back has my contact information. Um, and it keeps that relationship going.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, good point by JD here. Do the smaller shows to develop the pitch And learn how to bring energy for the big shows. Yep, yep, you were just
0: talking about that. I was, you know, um, I was like, This I've gotten better and better and better at my sales game. Um, because I've done a lot of these book signings in Texas and I've done a lot of these smaller shows, and it allows you to really um, work for it. So, because you have to work, you have to get better at your delivery.
1: Yeah, yeah, dude. Duty juice. duty juice coming oh man yeah you know you know who's hit the the, the ground running it's michael sammartino i've I seen him i've seen him do his thing at yeah, heard, selling dude, heard. And, you know and, mo- and moving moving the product but yeah but that's it man that's the inventory what to bring you know don't go too crazy when you're when you're a newbie and you have no idea how this is going to go down yeah. uh, i think have enough to cover your table at least though if you're if you're paying 250 dollars, 300 for a table print enough books to at least cover that if it's yeah. a local show, and if it and if you're flying somewhere, then bringing up things. Oh, to that I will do. So yeah, you know, so for
0: me it's like um, I'm not traveling out of Texas uh, next year. I I was good. I I started the process with San Diego Comic Con, and I pulled out, and I said, like, forget it, uh, because the cost. When I started looking at how much I'm going to spend, I was like, ah, I'm not going to, because you know um, that you San Diego, I would have to have people with me um in order to make the money i needed to make and that, and that wouldn't have been possible um so i was yeah, like you know what i'll wait till the
1: following year um those, those big shows you, you you need the help with those big shows bro. yeah you, you, can't, you can't do them alone yeah, yeah. it's 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 tough
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, i mean i can rock out small shows by myself because right. it's a small show yeah it's um show. but the bigger shows uh, you know, especially because it, that because you have to make back more money is more more at risk you know that's where
1: you need people and uh i'm not there yet yeah yeah no, for sure it, for sure but yeah 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 i mean uh that's that's what we have as far as the uh the i don't know if the guest is in the back one
0: yes nanda's in the oh, back okay. so we're gonna right. cut to this commercial break and when we come back we're gonna bring nanda fox on to the show hi i'm samuel and i'm the creator of there's an alien in my toilet a sci-fi comedy series that the entire family can enjoy I've been creating this story for many years, and it started off with a sketch, and eventually it grew into something bigger. I've worked day and night, night and day, on just fleshing out the story, and building the world, and the characters, writing the scripts, and drawing, and coloring, and doing all those things, and we finally made it to this point. We're at issue number six, and I'd love for you to come along for the ride. Whether it's your first time, you can pick up all six issues, or... You've been following us on Kickstarter. We just moved over to Indiegogo, and now you're getting ready to pick up number six. This book was made for you. If you love to laugh, if you love to have fun, if you love crossword puzzles, and you just love sci-fi, goofy, slapstick comedy, it's made for you. Help us make this book a success, and let's get this funded. And remember, every pledge gets a chance to spin the wheel and win a prize. I appreciate you tremendously. Thank you.
2: Duty, and he was explaining duty. I was like, Oh, he sounds like my character, Razzle uh, when I did that Dungeon Dragons, because he was a very tiny kind dwarf. Of so he would go around and be like, Oh, there's
1: some Razzle Gas. <laughs> so, really, you're going to do a little bit of hot duty for your agents and am coming to her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Nander Fox, into his house?
1: Hey, hey guys, what's going, what's going on,
2: brother? Hey, what's up, man? I'm so so happy to be here and uh to, to be back on Catch the Craze. It's 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 awesome seeing you guys again. How have you been?
1: Yeah, good man. It's been a while. I think the last time you were here was like episode 306 or something. It was uh about a couple years ago. Yeah. You were doing uh you were doing your other book. Uh yeah,
2: Manchild. Man Child. Right. Man Child,
1: yeah, number two, I think is the last one you you uh you promoted on the show. That's right. So, yeah, dude. It's nice to have you back, man. How 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 you been? What what's happened in those two years what what have you been up to (laughs) give us a quick recap
2: yeah quick recap of two years well you know i've i've uh gotten a new job recently and that's been great and i've been uh you know it's it's a better position and and all that cool stuff so that's good and then i've been uh, i've moved a a few times and you know i've still been uh, making the rounds at signings and conventions and still making comics and um you know just trying to um uh, promote my YouTube channel a little bit more, and I started a newsletter, and just try to find different avenues to reach people and try to meet people where they are, and meet people where you know it's it's accessible for them and easy for them to you know come along for the ride. So um, it's been it's been a good you know year or two, and you know I've uh, I'm on my sixth book right now, so I'm I'm really excited to, to be here and talk awesome. about it.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome, and that's what it's about, right? It's about building a brand, I guess, at this point, right? Like,
2: yeah, that's creating, right.
1: Creating, creating that buzz about the stuff that you're doing, and the way to do it nowadays is—he's <laughs> got the voice. It's it's by doing that, right? It's by the the YouTube channels and all that other stuff. Tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel. So, if people go to your YouTube channel, what do what do you what do you, what, do, what do they get there? What, what what's uh, what's the experience like on your on your channel?
2: Yeah, so I started it um like a couple of years ago, and I would. Um, do uh just like little topical videos about um like one time uh in a, in a Captain America issue one of my letters I sent to Marvel was printed in it and I talked about oh, you know like nice. like I kind of go over my history of um you know comics related things that happened to me personally in my life and, and just kind of really cool stories like that and like meeting meeting certain uh comic book creators at a con and, and doing stuff like that but And then I would do uh, live shows um, talking about my books and and, uh, kind of going over like uh, works in progress, things like that. But more recently, I've kind of taken a turn where I've started to do more video essays on uh, certain stories that I really enjoy and trying to create conversation starters for Mm -hmm. certain topics or like um, like, you know, this is one of the sexiest comics I've read or uh like what what you know what's what's a sexy comic that you've read or um i did one about all the all the rejections that i faced in comics and indie comics and like stories that i've submitted that have been rejected by different publishers or whatnot like trying to get into anthologies and things like that so i've been trying to um uh like try to find what i what I'm good at, what I have to offer the indie comics community that other people aren't offering, you know, try to find my, my space, you know, because there's so many, so many amazing writers and artists and people in this community that are doing amazing things. And I'm like, well, what do I have to contribute to that? And that's something I've always sort of struggled with um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, besides just wanting to make the most amazing books that I possibly can, what else can I do that while I'm, working on those books, I can, you know, people won't forget about me or, you know, or won't like wonder where I am or what I'm doing or whatever. So like trying to stay relevant in the conversation is always something that as a, you know, a small business owner kind of, or, you know, just an independent creator, you're always trying to make sure that people, you know, remember you and that you're, you're part of the conversation. So that's been, uh, that's been a struggle, but that's one, that's what the youtube channel for me has been and yeah. it's kind of been my way to um i don't know do some thought exercises on certain you know stories and books and things that i really love about comics
1: yeah no that that's good brother that's good what what like what inspires you to like write and maybe you know create some of the stuff on, on your channel like what what are some of the inspirations like what do you do, do you read comics do you read books do you yeah the channels like what are you doing to, to get yeah started? mostly
2: you know I, i've gotten inspiration from um like other youtube channels you know for for a while um i would always you know shoot videos where like it would kind of cut between like actually seeing me and then talking about you know like like the certain topic and i would have like images and things like that and the video editing editing portion of it became such a uh time suck you know that it was just like getting in the way of me actually making comics and writing comics that i had to find like a shortcut and i just thought you know a lot of people just like jd said a lot of people really for some reason i don't know why enjoy my voice enjoy like like just me talking or you know they find it they find it soothing or entertaining whatever yeah it's like you know i, I have the face for radio you know as they say and um so I uh I just thought you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you know still put some work into the editing portion, but I'm not gonna worry about lighting. I'm not gonna worry about trying to make it this like really exciting video. I just you know it's like these are my thoughts. You know I write a script out, um, and uh, they're basically just essays, but it's just me talking and mm-hmm. you know talking over images and trying to make and and marry the two. And so, uh, and honestly, it's been the most, the the best response I've ever gotten. I remember the first video essay I did, um, it's like now over like 2K views and it was just me wow. talking about a particular comic that I really enjoyed and that really made me think about a lot of different things and, you know, about my own life or about just what it means to be an artist and a creator and a creative person and things like that. And so um, I started seeing that my viewership was was there were things about you know certain stories or things that that resonate with me and hopefully they resonate with other people but you know it's always difficult trying to find a topic try to find a topic that you're passionate about and it's really hard for me to like put in all this time and effort into something that I'm not crazy about and so I have to find those stories or those topics those things that really motivate me that I'm like I need to talk with other people about this. I need to get their feedback and talk with them. And so, but yeah, I've, you know, I've been watching comic book YouTube like for years and like some of my favorite channels have just done some amazing things that I just go, man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could like have a podcast. I wish I could, um, you know, interview other creators and do that on a more like regular basis, see what that would be like. But Um, it's, it's another job, you know, it's another part-time job or even full-time job sometimes. And so Mm -hmm. it just really becomes, um, such a commitment and it's something that you really have to think about, but I've been entertained by so many people, you know, you guys included in like listening to your podcasts and watching your videos and, um, it, it's inspiring and it, it it makes me go like, you know, I can, I can do that or I can contribute something to this conversation.
1: You, you know you you mentioned you you write the scripts out you the essays, so you could and and I think part of that is it keeps you writing at least doing this you you yeah. may not have time to do the comic book thing but at least you're writing and I think that that's yes. important it's important yeah. to continue to write and and, and exercise yeah and
2: and, and I, I noticed I mean? I'm I'm you know I'm stressing uh, sh- uh, stretching more like journalistic muscles than like creative muscles you know more technical mus- muscles than creative yeah. muscles and so like that that's been actually really uh, kind of freeing for me because it's like, it's, it's very cut and dry. Like I just need to make my point, leave it and move on rather, you know, in a story it's, it's more exploratory. It's more, uh, you know, thematic and you, you have to have a lot of those, you know, connections and and dialogue and all that stuff that makes it so much more rich. But, you know, with, with a regular like essay or, or just kind of a, a thought exercise, it can just be really plain and simple. And I'm like, man, like, why did I ever stop doing this? You know, but, but I love, I love, you know, creating books a lot more than yeah, talking yeah. about books, you know? Yeah. So it's just yeah. that, that balance.
1: Well, well, let's talk a little bit about, about the books you've created. Like I said, two years ago, you were here, you're promoting uh, Manchild. man where, where are you with that project? Is that something that's that, that you've kind of buttoned up and you're done with that and you're moving on to your next thing, or are you still working on that while you're working on something like fabled offering?
2: Yeah, so we're still working on Manchild. We have the first t- two uh, issues out right now, and we're going to be crowdfunding issue three next year. Um, and I also have my other series, uh, my supernatural graphic novel series called Seasons, that I'm still working on, and that we're working on volume three. I'm I'm stuck in threes with both of my other series, so it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of neat how it's worked out. But I've I've put out the first two volumes of Seasons and the first two issues of Manchild and um those are still ongoing they're they're limited series like like i have them scripted and i have the story completed but it's just a matter of scheduling everything correctly and budgeting everything correctly and putting them out in the right order and and you know um just making sure that everything's kind of lined up the way that i need it to be and um i also uh came out my, my second book that i came out with was this original graphic novel called lifeline and that's um, a standalone story that people can pick up and and read. It's it's about eighty or ninety pages, and I worked with seven different artists from all around the world on that book. And that was um, a story about a man. Uh, you get to see his life from a young boy to an elder, elderly person. Um, but each chapter is told from from the perspective of a different character. So you get the life story of this person, but through the eyes of different people in his life. And so like. I have that, which is my like drama, and then I have like seasons, which is my supernatural graphic novel series, and the man child, which is more of my super uh, superhero, like nostalgia slice of life book that is more of that like silver age style. But the okay. the fabled offering is completely different from any of those things. And <laughs> that that is intentional. I've I've always, you know, uh, from from the moment I, I put out seasons, the first book of seasons, I wanted to uh, make sure that people knew that I was serious about my craft and serious about the kind of stories I wanted to tell and the fact that I want to be a writer is something I want to do full-time. And it's like to to, to do that, and I think to do that well and to make sure that people don't think that, oh, you're just the seasons guy or you, you're just that you know one-trick pony that can do that one genre. I wanted to make sure that I would always be challenging myself. And so The Fabled Offering is my first time going into fantasy and sci-fi and like actually writing a, a sci-fi story which is one of my favorite genres and like you know I grew up loving the genre so much um, so to do that and to be able to put that out there for people to see has been so rewarding
1: that's awesome dude have you um, have you hit the uh, the like the convention circuit at all have you gone to any conventions yeah you- really
2: not very not very much I you know I do uh, local conventions and I do local book signings and things like that but um, I've never gone out of state for a con. Um, I've never, uh, I live in Missouri and I've done like Kansas city and St. Louis and kind of the bigger cities, but I've never, um, done anything outside. And that's actually something I want to do next year. That's one of my like resolutions. I'm already thinking about like, you know, what do I want to do next year? And it's like, I want to go to C2E2. That's somewhat close in Chicago. I'd love to Chicago, do that yeah. con. Um, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about Baltimore, um, and I was yeah. thinking about, Possibly doing like uh, Heroes Con or Dragon Con or Terrific Con. You know some of those bigger ones yeah. that Terrific, um, Con. Terrific
1: Con's a fun show, man. Terrific Con's is a it? Really fun show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon oh. Con's gotten very expensive. The tables are very expensive there. Okay, um, I've, heard, I've never I've ne- we we I've never been. I've been to the Heroes one. That one was good. I'm actually doing um Baltimore next year. I signed up for that. So that I'm awesome. Awesome. That goes. But so we were talking a little bit about what to bring to these shows. You, you, you've done a couple of local shows how much stuff do you bring what's your inventory looking like when you go to these
2: shows yeah so um you know usually the the shows that i've done they've never been more than a few thousand people and i usually find that bringing um you know uh definitely what sam said about like more of the first issue or the first volume you know i always sell more of those and so i'm always thinking like i need to at least bring you know like double that or like you know 50 percent more of that or whatever than anything else that i'm bringing but um yeah i always bring uh at least i'd say about 40 to 50 copies of my books and then like i'll bring a little bit more of like my issue ones or volume ones and then um i always bring you know stands uh because you always want to think vertically you you know because people are coming and they're they're gonna see your banner if it's high up you know or, or your artwork it has to be like above you and not necessarily on the table or, or, you know, flat down. So like, I, I'm always trying to have book stands, prop my books up. Um, and I also always bring a newsletter sign-up page for people to sign up to my newsletter. And that's been actually like something that I neglected to do for a while. And yeah. I'm, I'm still kicking myself for it because there's so many people that may have not purchased a book um but they wanted to follow me and they wanted to see what else i'm doing and they would purchase a book later and so i always think that it doesn't matter if you don't get that person to buy a book right now there's always that potential that they'll come back later and so like getting their information getting their email you know it's just so simple and it's such an easy thing and so like i I just i've had so many good interactions and and uh, repeat customers come back. So. I think, um, having a newsletter sign-up sheet is like super important. And then always like, like, like little freebies, you know, like, like little stickers or art cards or business cards, or, you know, something that you can give someone so that they remember you, you know, and like when they, when they go back to their hotel or when they go, um, you know, go home or whatever, it's like, they, they get out their bag of stuff and your business card or your art card or whatever is going to be in there. And they're going to be like, ah, like, you know, I need to remember this person, you know, and because, you know, it's a physical item that they'll have. And unless they just throw it away, they're going to keep it and they're going to see it. And so that's really helpful. But um, I try to, you know, I've, I've always tried to keep things a little, you know, try to fill the table up, with just as much color and like as much interesting things that you can, but nothing that is like, you know, too off the wall. And as a writer, you know, I don't have that ability to do like a sketch or anything like that. So I'm always having to think like even more so of like, how do I make my money back, you know, and, and how, how can I make this worthwhile? Um, but, and also just like as a practical thing, you know, bring, make sure you bring a cart so that you don't always have to make like trips back and forth, you know, from your car, like of all the stuff that you're bringing, you know, I, that's something that, you know, uh, I've, I, like just got a cart recently, and I was like, "This makes things so much easier." Why did Why did <laughs> I like have to be a man and like you know man up and like just just like bring everything and like haul everything? Yeah, right, I right, like I got it, you know. Everyone, yeah, 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 like everyone's asking me, like, "Do you need help?" And I'm like, "No, you know, I'm fine." Like, like don't, don't bother me. um So, so like, yeah, bringing a cart and like make making it as easy for you as possible. And like something I've wanted to do is like get a get a a really rich colorful tablecloth, you know, with my Mm -hmm. my um Foxhole Comics is how I have all my books under in that imprint and like have a whole Foxhole Comics tablecloth and you know make sure that it's it's bright and it's like eye appealing and it makes people feel like they're they're getting in on something. And that's something that you know is is really exciting for the customer. So that's that's kind of what I've been doing.
1: You know what it is too Nando like we talk about we talk about how how the space is filled with so many you know um, creative people. Yeah. Conventions are just yeah. the same way, right? Conventions are filled with other people who are doing exactly what you're doing. So how do you stand out amongst the crowd? And I think what you're talking about is a perfect way to do so, you know, like you, yeah. but whatever, you know, with your tablecloth, if it's nice and rich and, and, and shiny, you know what I mean? People are like, oh, wait, what's that? What's that yeah. over there? Let me go take a look at it, you know? So yeah, no, that makes that makes perfect sense. And 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 uh, our friend Jonathan, Facts Entertainment Company, seems to agree there's, there's some great gems being dropped he's loving the episode. So yeah, no, that's good good stuff. That's good stuff. But, um, so no, that's good. So, so that's what you do to get ready for the shows. Now, tell me a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about the, um, what you have going on now, fabled authoring. You're saying you, you loved fantasy when you were young. What what were some of your favorite like fantasy movies or what, what were some of the things you grew up with?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up, um, I was born in 97. So like I grew up in a time when like the Star Wars prequels were just about to come out, and mm-hmm. also the Lord of the Rings films were, you know, just about to drop in the early two yeah. thousands, and those were just, you know, huge influences on me, and it, you know, it 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 brought to life my love for the fantasy and and science fiction genres, and like space fantasy and all of that, and um, so it was it was like those are the, the the foundational things that I grew up with that I loved, but as I got older, um, I started to you know, read more fantasy comics and more uh, mm-hmm. fantasy novels and things like um, the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan or um, Isaac Asimov's uh, Foundation uh, Trilogy. And it's a classic sci-fi writer who did some amazing things, very prolific. I don't know how many books you read but or wrote, but uh, so many. And then, like, you know, Dune, like books like Dune. Right. And, yeah. um, and then, like, comics-wise, it was, you know, some of the more like fantastical characters and, and, you know, seeing like characters like Red Sonja or, or Xena or, um, uh, you know, other, other characters that just like, you know, Conan, like people, like some of that stuff was just like so, um, interesting. And like you could, you could, you could like just dive deep into worlds like that. And it was really cool to, to see that because, not only, you know, you had all the cool superhero stuff, which was awesome, but it was neat to see something different on the shelves and something that had more of a, you know, a different flavor for, for what you were looking for. And so, um, I really, and then, you know, video games were a huge part of yeah. me, you know, myself and like growing up and I still play video games, but like the Elder Scrolls series or dark souls or, you know, D and D and, and, you know I, I used to play yugioh uh and like mm-hmm. i play magic you know the gathering of trading right. cards and things like that so yeah, um yeah. it's always it's all, like i've always been surrounded by it and i've always you know really enjoyed it but um my my two you know greatest loves have to be uh, as they are for probably a majority of people would be like star wars or lord of the rings it's just like so inspiring. How do you,
1: how, how do you yeah. feel about about the prequels? Like, how do you feel about those? You grew, see, like, you grew up in an era where they were coming out, right? So that that's your yeah. always So how do you feel about them?
2: Yeah, no. See, I um, I I really love them. I I've always yeah. loved them, yeah. and I've always and you know, it was one of those things where like I would watch I would watch the original trilogy at home, and then I would go to the theaters and see the prequels when they were coming out. And so like like growing up, I never I never thought of them as separate you know, or, or like, um, as a separate story, I always saw them as a complete story. And, you know, you're just going, yeah, just going from one to the other. And it was so neat for me as a kid to see the gaps being filled that, you know, the questions that you would have. And so, um, you know, to this day, uh, I'm still a huge prequel lover. I still like love talking about them and, um, I still enjoy them. And, you know, Revenge of the Sith is still like my favorite, probably Definitely my favorite Star Wars movie, but maybe like my favorite movie ever. Like I just wow, had such yeah. a emotional see, experience. Is, yeah.
1: It's it's an interesting thing because you're, you're of that age. So like when Sam and I, for example, were growing up, the, the Star Wars 4, 5, and 6 were our Star Wars, right? So we, yeah. you know, and a lot of, and I don't feel this way, but I, I don't know how Sam feels. But I think I feel like a lot of those are very protective of those films. You can't talk yeah. trash about those films. Those are my <laughs> right. films. If you talk trash, you don't know what you're talking about. So we're very protective <laughs> about it. Me personally, I don't think they're they're that great. I mean, that's that's blasphemous, right? Uh-huh. But I can see why you would say that about your Star Wars because yeah. it's your Star Wars, dude. Like that's what you grew up with. So it's kind of cool yeah. to, to get like a younger perspective on those. Things. Yeah, well, and, and, they, and, they and they did influence you, right? They influenced you a lot as right? well. They sure, yeah, right? they sure right? did. I mean,
2: yeah. the what like there's definitely world building happening in the original trilogy. There, like sure. there definitely is, but something about the prequels that was just like so eye-opening and mind-blowing was, you know, how many planets they went to, how many creatures that, you know, they interacted with, and just how many different kinds of of species and like lore drops there were. And, you know, really there's so many, um, there's so much mystery surrounding the prequels in that era. And, you know, seeing all these Jedi like fight and battle, I mean, you never saw that in the original trilogy. It was just so much cooler to see like, someone like Mace Windu with the purple lightsaber out there, you know, taking, taking out droids and creatures and stuff. And, and so like, that was just so much more exciting to me. Like I remember watching the original trilogy as a kid and I would always just like wait for the lightsaber fights because like, that's why you're there. That's like why I'm there. I'm interested in that. And then, but like in the prequels, it was just like, they're fighting all the time. They're doing all these cool moves and, and, you know, they're like, these ninja warriors just like going crazy and using all their force abilities and all that kind of stuff so that was just more my i don't know like uh, like sometimes i have to think like do i just enjoy them more because i'm of that generation but like i have to think well i i watched all six of them at the same time so it's not necessarily that it it's not like I watched the original trilogy so later on, but I've just always kind of seen them as one story rather than separate. But
1: no, no, I got you, I got you. And I we can talk about Star Wars all night, but let, let, let's talk about yeah. your book. Let's talk about your
2: book. <laughs> right.
1: Let's talk about the Fabled Offering. Okay. Tell us. Give. Give us. Give us what what this story is about, and 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 tell us a little bit about this.
2: Yeah, I'd love to. The Fabled Offering is a mature forty page sci-fi fantasy one shot that follows grand princess Aurelia of the kingdom of Telindius. And she is on a quest to save herself from her own past traumas and and save her kingdom as well. And to do so uh, while carrying an unborn child uh, that she's, she's pregnant in the story while carrying uh, this child, she um, is on a quest um, to go meet the ancient Sizen, who is this, deity uh one of the deities of this world who um, she has to present an offering to and uh she is all alone on this journey we don't know yet uh, we don't know why she's alone we don't know what a princess is doing by herself while pregnant all alone trying to climb this mountain and try to um, meet this ancient deity who's Honestly, you know, as we can tell from the character design, probably not a very friendly person and, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, an arch enemy of her kingdom. And so like she is doing, breaking all these rules, going through all of these things to try to get to size and to present an offering because she needs something in return. And so that's, that's really where we are with this story is it's, it's a very dark character driven narrative about. Um, facing impossible choices and the lengths that someone would go to face them.
1: Love it, dude. You had me at one shot. Like I, I love the fact that you you told a story in 40 pages and we're ready to rock and roll. Yeah.
2: yeah well, you know, I mean? you know, my previous stories like Manchild, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. and then Seasons, um, they're all, uh, you know, longer series. And, you know, I, I've, Oh, thank you so much. You just played. Yeah, so cool. Um, You know, they're all longer series and I've wanted to, you know, I, I don't, I didn't want to start a new book or start a new property and have people have to feel like they have to keep up with all these different books that I'm doing. And so I wanted to do something that Smart. was like a, like a one and done, like prestige format, 40 page one shot that tells a story. From beginning, middle, and end, that you get an entire character arc, and it's also kind of my way of saying, if you like this, you're gonna like my other books because mm-hmm. this is the kind of quality, intent, and um, you know, amount of care that I have for my stories. And you know, I'm uh, a lot is writing on this one for me, just like creatively and kind of um, as a, as a business model because I want to give people this book and be like, this is this is my business card. Like if you like this, then you're going to like my other books. And you know, that way, again, you get a complete story, you get a complete character arc and hopefully, hopefully you want more. Um, you know, this is a one shot, but, uh, it really depends, you know, how people receive this and, and where we go with it that, you know, I, I would love to do more with it, but, um, you know, I, I didn't want to open that door unless, unless people start breaking it down and want me to open it. So,
1: yeah, it, it, exactly right, man. As a writer, you just write, right? And you just continue yeah. writing, and you just can't stop writing. So a story like this, for example, yeah, like you said, it's a one shot, one and done. But hey, it could, it can expand, and you can. I'm sure the world is so rich that you could probably, you know, spin off. Yeah, person, you know, yeah. yeah. I
2: mean, there's so, so much about like story. how how these deities operate, what right. other kingdoms there are, what um there's a race that um we're introduced to at the beginning of the book that has been waging war with uh, Aurelia's kingdom and they're called the Mack and they have just gotten done. um, She, she has just um, gotten victory over them. And this is war that's been waging for a while. And it's like, you know, building this lore and building this history within this world is so much fun for me. and, And also really interesting because it's like, where could this go? How did this war start? You know, things like that and things that we could, Expand upon and 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 make people you know want to ask those questions. You know, it, it's yeah. like in the in the very first Star Wars movie when they talk about the Clone Wars. It's like, mm-hmm. wait a second, what, what, are, what were those? Right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, and so, right, like, yeah. you know, you, you just kind of drop those little things that might you know pique people's interest and kind of want to know more about. And awesome. as I was writing the story, you know, I would be like, there, you know, there need people need to feel like they're dropped into a world, not necessarily that they're being introduced to one, you know, they need to feel like this world has existed. Like it's been there. You're, you're just in this one point of history in it and you're just with this one character. And so um, it was, you know, and it's almost somewhat um, going against the grain for the genre, because it's like when you do a fantasy book or a science fiction book, you're really like, making it harder for yourself to try to condense it all into one story because, you know, don't you want to open up a universe? Like, don't, isn't that what you do? Like you want, Oh, you want this like 20 book series or whatever, you know, it's just like this huge thing. And so that was something that was a real challenge for me was like, how do I trim the fat off of the story to like condense it down to, you know, the, the meatiest parts and like to make it the most uh, succinct and like, you know, uh, readable and not get like yeah. get lost in all the lore and all that kind of stuff so it was that, it was definitely that, that, a challenge
1: yeah i was gonna say that must have been and and hard well because you have to do it, but also because you have to do it like it's like, yeah. like getting rid of your babies right It's like oh my god there's so much story here and i'm sure yeah. there were. <laughs> right. i don't know how much world building you did for this thing but i'm sure there's like you know tons and tons of pages that, that we'll never see we'll never right. see half of the stuff right. that you wrote down to put this together and that's the thing about about creating these stories it's, it's all the world building especially on a sci-fi you know fantasy series like this
2: right right
1: that's cool i love that i love that um uh, that, that cover the one with the horse behind it that's that's so yeah cool. yeah
2: aurelia has uh, her her only companion on this quest is um her cybernetic horse called the and that is her only like source of you know comfort or you know feeling of of being not not being alone and and that's yeah. you know i i you know animals i've always you know had a love for animals and like you know how how much that they can help our mental state and like help us just as you know human beings on this world and there and so like uh, i wanted i wanted to like have aurelia have that companion you know someone yeah. someone to be by her
1: that's nah, cool man yeah no this looks great how, how uh is the book done or are you still working on the book or wh- where are you with the production of it
2: So, yeah, the art is about 60 to 70 percent completed. And we're still um, working on the pages right now. Uh, Marco Roblin, the artist for the book, he's working on it uh, as we speak. And um, we're hoping to have the book done either by the time the campaign ends or at least um, shortly thereafter. And that way we have a really quick turnaround time. And because we started working on it um, like early early this summer and it was a goal of mine to try to get as much of it possibly done so that when the campaign ends, you know, we can just ship it out as soon as possible. So yeah. um, we're nearly done. And then all we need to do with that is, um, you know, get it lettered and then put it together for backers. So we're hoping to have it um, shipped to every backer by the beginning of the year. Okay. Yeah. That's so
1: good. I think it's doable, man. I think it's done you have 10 days to go. You're almost at the goal. Right. man. You you got, you got a couple of pledges tonight here. So I'm glad that we were able to help you out with that. And let's see where it goes, man. Let's see where it goes.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really excited about it. It's It's been uh, definitely one of my more like hyped books where I see a lot more people it, it resonating with a lot more people and, and being really excited to talk about it and ask me questions about it. So yeah. that's been a real highlight of, of working on it and sharing it with everyone that's outstanding
0: all right brother we're going to give you the screen give us the elevator pitch tell us tell everybody why they need to back it and how they can find you on social media go for it
2: all right so uh the fabled offering is a book that is going to leave your jaw dropping while you're crying a tear it is a book that is going to really uh blow your mind not only with the art but hopefully uh if i do my job right with the story as you follow A very character-driven story about a grand princess on a quest to save herself and to uh, protect her unborn child and to uh, live peacefully in a world that is crazy and that wants to harm all of us. And so it's a book that I think if you're a fan of not only character-driven narratives, but stories that um, will challenge you and make you think about yourself and the world and, and some more introspection and reflection that uh is gonna you're gonna you're gonna wake up in the middle of the night and you're gonna think wait a second is that what the story was about and you know it's 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 trying to be as complex and entertaining as we possibly can in a 40-page book so go please back it today
0: outstanding brother well thank you Ninda fox for being on cast of craze we uh all the success to you i mean you got the, you're the Thanks, you got a good uh process going so uh and you've done a, a hell of a job of cultivating uh your following so uh keep doing what you're doing brother
2: thank you so much yeah i love being here guys thank you
1: yeah Nando, Great you've time. been amazing man thank you so much man and, and hey listen maybe i'll see you next year in uh, baltimore if you sign up
2: heck yeah i would love that that'd be so cool <laughs> awesome brother <laughs> right, all right, bro, right take care. Day. all right see ya. <laughs>
1: he's back <laughs> that was quick. Right? <laughs> All
0: right, that was Nanda Fox again. Link is in the chat. It's also in the summary. Um, go check it out. Um, again, it's the fabled offering number one, a mature sci-fi fantasy one-shot, available now on Kickstarter. It's only ten days left. It ends uh, Friday, November seventeenth, eight oh seven p.m. Central Time, uh, which is probably about nine oh seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
1: Nice. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah, no that it's was good. Just, that was good man. That was He good. also has that
0: Keith Sutherland vibe going for him, you know?
1: Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you Guys, the Keith
1: Sutherland look with the uh with yeah. the very uh,
0: with Yeah, the, the name uh, alone, the name alone. Imagine that on a business card. He's car. got a great name. It's like, you know, it's man, like the, the introduction to a movie. Yeah. He, goes, he
1: goes, "Who are you?" "I'm Nender mandor fox.
0: Fox. <laughs> and fox it's awesome
1: yeah yeah i think uh he calls he calls uh the fan the fan base uh the fox hole that's awesome uh, yeah no so he's good i mean you know he's got a good plan in place man he's got the branding cool. um uh, the story the, i mean the pages look amazing the covers look great you know yeah. so this book looks really really good that's an action hero thing. it is it does right like like yeah hell yeah it definitely is. Um, But yeah, no, that was good. It was good. It was good to chat with him. Uh, Appreciate him giving us a little insight into what he brings to cons and what some of the stuff that he brings and how many books he's bringing and what he's doing and what he's, you know, I feel like we all kind of like have the same kind of mentality. Let me bring enough of these books, you know, one sells more than the other. And when you do enough of these, you realize what you need. Um, So that was cool. But yeah, no, Nandor Fox, the fabled offering is on Kickstarter right now. Like Sam said, the uh, links are all over the uh, the chat and in the and in the um, that in the show notes. So, yeah, man, that's good stuff, Sammy. Yeah, man,
0: it's uh, it's great. To, you know, it's funny. People will ask me about going to conventions, and um, and there's almost the Oklahoma I said. How long is that drive? When I look it up, it's only an hour and 20 minutes. I was like, oh, (laughs) I forget I'm right there. (laughs) It's like, yeah, because I I got invited to a con and i was like, wait, hold on. Where is this place at? And I looked it up and said, oh, it's only an hour drive. I said, all right, all right. So, uh, um, you know, let's see uh, uh, what I can negotiate with that. Uh, But uh, no, another good show, another good guest, another good product. Fantastic, you know, fantastic conversation. I love it. I love it. Again. And um, if you like this episode, you know, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, like, share it with a friend, let everybody know where you got it. Catch the Craze podcast. You know, the first independent comic book podcast in the game launched in 2005 and still going strong. And uh, it's all about the independent independent creator, whether you're in uh, comics, you're an artist you're a musician, whatever it is that you do, and you're just creating your own path and your own road, um, and you're doing it your way because there's no other better way than your way, then, you know you're our man or our woman or you know just come on the show and let's talk bro that's what we do this show chat. um chat yeah man uh and i think next week who do we have next week let's see Kellen Lee. oh I have that set up let's see next week we have i think it's another return guest i'm not sure let me see maybe moving that uh they changed the whole setting, bro on Calendly. why well, I wish they stopped doing that. Oh, we got Stephen Russell. Stephen Russell's on the show next week. he was also um he does tale of nihilism um and um he was also, I believe, an entry into the uh, drawing duty art contest. Uh, uh, so yeah, he'll be on the show and um and then Thanksgiving week there will be no show and um And then we'll be back the week after. And so, so yeah, that's that's what's going on right now. And, um, again, my toilet is on Indiegogo. If you haven't checked it out, if you haven't picked up my book and you watched this podcast, you're a subscriber to the show, go check it out. Um, Issue number six. And if you missed the first five issues, you can get all of them together. You can get the collected edition or all the floppies, uh, whatever floats your boat. There's something there for everybody. And remember, with every pledge, your name goes in uh, the the spinner for a chance to win some really, really cool prizes. And uh, the spinner was a success this past weekend. It was a fantastic event. And um, yeah, yeah, that's all I got. What do you got?
1: Yeah, no. So uh, definitely check out Get Your Meds on uh, YouTube. I have a new episode up today. It is uh, L.A. Cunningham. We're talking about the art of comic writing. She's on the show today. Make sure you check that out. Also, go to my website getyourmeds.com, pick up some books. Uh, go to uh, asapimagination.com and go to the any one world, pick up uh, Rust 5377. New issue comes out next week. So that's going on. And uh, yeah, now we're we're going to see you guys next week. We'll be here talking some more comics. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, give us a like, comment, do all that stuff. Sam is going to give you that info. But uh, yeah, no, that's all I got for today, Sam. That's what I got, though.
0: Yeah, man. So with that said, i'm sam the crazy man vera george the dream of medina and Please. we right, if i can get the dang thing working because everything's <laughs> slowing up we're out
1: <laughs>
0: no i was talking about my friend aquise i Say my name, say my name. Oh, this is what you were thinking.
1: Oh, oh. You are listening you're listening to Catch you Craze. He's describing. He said, "I'm the. What? J- just... You're listening what? To, the crazy to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You are listening
2: to Catch the Craze. It's Craze. You're listening to Catch the
0: Craze. Baby girl.